up next on episode one of Tony Gaming Podcast. Now with the triple A industry, like you know, games like FIFA, games like NBA 2K, Madden, just to mention a few. The, you see, the microtransaction system they have are called random chance purchases. So unfortunately, these are games that are marketed at minors, and yet the language that the ESRB has states that if a game has, you know, even if it's simulated gambling, you're using real money, it has to be given an adults-only rating, 21, you know, 21 and above. So the fact that they do this kind of stuff, it's really, it pisses me off. Listen until the end for the full story. Yeah, yeah, what's up? Yeah, yeah, what's up? My ninjas, it's Twenty Gaming. First podcast, first interview, first issue of Twenty Gaming Magazine. Yeah, baby, and you guys, you won't believe who we got in studio. We got the Queen Arrow, Kenya's Tekken 7 champion. What? <laughs> Queen Arrow, how are you doing, lady? Hey, Max, how are you? Oh, I'm great, I'm great. Oh, just enjoying the, the weather here in Pretoria. You know, it's, it's getting slightly warm. It's getting warmer every day because spring days is approaching. How's the weather up there in Nairobi? On, on my end, uh, the weather is also getting warmer. It, it, it just went through the cold season and honestly, I prefer the sun. <laughs> yeah, I think we all prefer the sun. I think most Africans prefer the sun. But, um, so guys, if, if, in case you're wondering, let me give you a brief background about uh, Queen Arrow. Right? Her real name is Sylvia Gatoni and she's 23 years old, born in Yera, Kenya, and she's currently a law graduate and an esports athlete. So she actually made headlines. She actually caught a lot of people's attention when she made it into Japanese media. What? So Sylvia, Queen Arrow, please tell us how you ended up in Japanese media. They found, about, found out about me through a, an interview Senen uh, had done with me and some colleagues of mine from South Africa in Kenya. Uh-huh. So they they reached out to find out you know more about the scene here in Kenya and you know just you know to understand more about my story and my journey. Then they also decided to feature me on the cover of the Asahi Shimbun, which is one of the five national newspapers of Japan. So finally, um, that led to Mr. Harada. The, he's you know he's part of the Tekken project uh, that develops Tekken. He actually gave me a shout out and began following me on Twitter, which was really amazing because you know that's a leg up for the African scene. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm. So you are on CNN? What? Seriously? Yep. Yeah. You know, as I've been building my, I'd say my profile through the help of my community and just you know also other people who believed in me and what I'm doing. So what was the name of the Japanese magazine you appeared in again? It, the Asahi Shimbun. It's actually one of the five national newspapers of Japan. Oh, it wasn't even a magazine, it was a newspaper? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. But how does it feel like seeing journalists writing about you in an alphabet you can't even read? I, it actually feels amazing because, you know, it's actually an affirmation of my journey and the path I decided to take. It means I'm doing the right thing and people are actually more interested and invested in finding out more. Wow, that's, that, that's awesome. I mean, you, you're such a humble person. Eh? Like, how, how come none of this is going to your head already? Gosh, I mean, I, I can't afford to do that. 
and I'm just, I mean, I'm just starting out. I think being, you know, arrogant about it would be a disservice to those who believed in me, as I said. Wow, that, that's a very great attitude. But then I'm, I'm best, I guess people who are hearing this for the first time are wondering, okay, why do people call her the Tekken 7 champion of Kenya? What has she won? So can you please list all, all your, all the trophies and accolades you've won over, over the time? Okay, so actually before I started out with Tekken, I was playing Mortal Kombat. My first tournament was a Mortal Kombat Ten tournament of the East African Gaming Convention. I came in fourth place. Then uh, there was uh, when I transitioned to Tekken in 2019, I won first place uh, in the Blaze Esports Tour that was held in you know it was it it was held by one of uh, our major t telecommunications company here in Kenya called Safaricom. So I won first place. Um, then I also came in top eight in one of our local Tekken to Five Four tournaments. So yeah, those are just some of the accolades I've won over you know over time. Like, okay, how, how much time are we talking about? Because this has like a lot of trophies. I've been actually playing for four years, like you know, professional esports. Just on Tekken, because you mentioned MK. So which MK were you playing before? Ten. That was Mortal Kombat 10. Oh, uh, Mortal Kombat X? Yeah. Oh, just X or XL? It, yeah, it was actually XL, but uh, I just call it, uh, I just call it Mortal Kombat 10 because, you know, it was the 10th Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah. So, MKX or MK11, what's your favorite? Uh, honestly, Okay, I'm kind of biased because one of my favorite characters, Rain, is a Mortal Kombat 7. But I really didn't like the idea of them removing the running feature because, and then I've never been really a huge fan of NRS's balancing of the game. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So you, you're really deep into uh, this, this fighting game culture, right? I mean, yeah. I've been, you know, I've always loved um, fighting games uh, as well as adventure games. Those are like my top two genres uh, of games to play. Okay, and who have you played against in Kenya and internationally? Can you at least name your top three toughest opponents? Okay, here in Kenya, we, the, my toughest opponents would have to be our top ranked player. His name is Mickey. He's also Frost, he's a really, really good player. And okay, these are actually the guys who've been training me, so you know, I have nothing but respect. Internationally, um, I haven't had the chance to do so, but I, I guess in let's say a month, I'd be able to make that assessment. Okay, we, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get there, we're gonna get there. Okay, let's, just, let's, not, let's not put the cherry on top just yet. We're gonna talk about that very soon. Mm -hmm. So, what about online? Haven't you played other? players online internationally or was like lag and ping and issue? Okay, I have played with other people here in Africa, so... Yeah, there's... I, would, I, would, I can't really make a very fair assessment because of, issue, you know, like, internet issues and all. Mm -hmm. So, I'd prefer, if I once I have the chance to play them often, then I can be able to make a much more fair assessment of it. But then, uh, so what are the worst defeats do you remember suffering? I don't really mind getting beat up because you know if I take it as part of the learning process, but when someone wants to rub it in, mm -hmm. is when yeah that's when I lose my shit. No, I think it's called salt in fighting games. It's being salty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I get. I think I get salty uh, when 
you know, when someone tries to rub it, you know, when someone rubs it in, and especially in an unpleasant manner. Can you describe uh, uh, your worst situation where you lost a match and then somebody was all in your face? Like, uh, it was one of the locals we were doing here, and you know, because we shifted our locals to online. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, the opponent was playing. We don't get. We actually don't get buzz. But that time, and then the time we did get buzz, it was actually more or less at at say a two bar, three bar match. Mm-hmm. So now uh, I didn't want to continue playing because the match was laggy. Mm-hmm. And then you know now the, the worst mistake you can make is reading through the Twitch, you know, comments. <laughs> oh, you read through the Twitch comments. Yeah, so you know now I started saying that ah she she's going on to play because she's losing, uh, she's pathetic. You know, just nasty comments along those lines, which weren't were honestly uncalled for. Hey, yeah, I think that's you know that sounds. I think it comes with the fighting game. You know, honestly, like people are gonna rub the victory in your faces, but you think that you've developed a, a thicker skin because of that. Not going to lie, I I'm a very sensitive person, unfortunately, and I you know I used to I'm not gonna say I used to trash talk, uh, but you know I I don't really mean trash talk because you know I'd say it's kind of part of the fighting game culture, but yeah. you know it there's a very fine line between trash talk and then something and that goes overboard and insults. So that, yeah, so the, I I actually now just avoid uh, trash talking because you know I've been on the receiving end and sometimes you know when it especially when it turns to personal. But yeah, but I, prob- I bet they probably wouldn't say it to your face. <laughs> yeah, they won't say to your face, but that's why I just said I don't yeah. think I I don't really mind it, but just don't direct it at me nowadays because you know especially as a lady, it's kind of you know. Um, especially being a lady in a, in a male-dominated community, it can go overboard, especially when someone starts stating your genders to, as part of the reason why you lost or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm, I'm really sorry to, to hear about, you know, all of these, these trolls on the internet, you know, these keyboard warriors talking trash about you, but I think, well, you can just beat them with success. Yeah, you, yeah. I, I, I also just... Uh, as a police, I try to spend less time on the internet to avoid, you know, running into such, um, you know, such, you know, incidents. Oh, it sounds like you've been arrested. I wouldn't be surprised if those guys are arresting you. Actually, they have a crush on you. <laughs> you know. You. This isn't a teenage movie. I mean, <laughs> if you want to shoot your shot, just be direct. Just be, you know, I respect gentlemen. You guys, you guys heard that, guys. If you want to shoot your shot, just holler at her, DM her on Twitter or somewhere. I DM'd her on Twitter. I thought she's gonna blow me off, but she actually replied in five minutes, and she's very polite, guys. So, if you, if you have a crush on Queen Arrow, just holler at her, send her a DM. So, but how how long did it take you to master these characters in practice mode? To be honest, I don't think you ever stop learning with you know these characters because. I mean, there are guys like Anakin who have been playing the game since I don't know the nineties, and they're still learning. So that's how deep this game is. Okay, but in a day, though, how many hours do you think you dedicate just to perfecting your moves with Ling and, and Lydia? Eight hours of practice, not all at once, though. Like I maybe like two in the morning, two in the afternoon, two in the evening. 
and mostly it's just i you know i look through stuff that's been blowing me up or just you know just stuff i've been curious about i watch videos on youtube or people who you know who have a higher you know much more experienced the characters and i also ask uh, questions where i can if i feel like there's something that's been giving me a hard time i ask how am i supposed to approach this matchup that's just uh how i move through with Tekken. Okay, so do you ever like try and master new techniques in practice mode? You know, like frame trapping and footsies and headstands. You know. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, uh, definitely. I actually dedicate like ten minutes to you know the Korean back dash in. What? <laughs> yeah, like Korean back dash on the right and Korean back dash on the left. Then you know, because you know, Ling is a very uh, movement based kind of character. You know, also have to. Like how much you know her sidestep uh, compared to you know uh, big characters like Jack Seven. She has a very she has really good movement and sidestep. So and then also like how to master her back. You know how to use back turn efficiently wow. and just uh, out. But my focus is also mostly on fundamental. You know how you know like as you said frame traps. How my, like how am I supposed to use this frame data to my advantage? Because most of her moveset is safe. Well, that's that, that's interesting. So you do delve into the deep mechanics of fighting games, like frame rates. Like you, you, you really watch the frame rates and stuff when you practice. Yeah, um, it's a very important part of. I'd say that's not just taking any fighting game. If you want to, you know, thrive at higher levels, you have to learn how to take your turn, how to, you know, how to not react to some situations, uh, just avoid mashing. <laughs> yeah, like like some of us are doing. Like you are the uh, the few people I know actually pay attention to frame rates because like frame rates is just a course on its own, all all together. And then you've mastered it. That that's pretty dope. Correction, I haven't mastered it, but it's something of I'm paying to more, uh, more. I'm paying more attention to, especially as I'm. I'd say I'm because I want to go, be one of the best Tekken players from the African region, so it's necessary. Well, what is your preferred console, PlayStation or Xbox, and why? I'm a PlayStation girlfriend, friend. That's because PlayStation loves to spoil us with the exclusive. Sorry, Xbox fans, but <laughs> you, you can't go there because like Xbox spent like seven billion dollars acquiring new studios, including Bed So they they are gonna they gonna catch up. And honestly, PlayStation has to do better in terms of exclusives. Uh, don't, I'd definitely go for their stuff, but as of now, I'm not really convinced as to why I should switch, make the switch to PlayStation. Oh, still, sorry, Xbox. Xbox. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. So, but then, what is your preferred input hardware? Do you like use an arcade stick or a controller and why? Okay, for me, uh, it's just more of, uh, you know, what I grew up with. I grew up with, uh, sorry, the controllers. So arcade sticks are kind of a new concept. I actually have one which is a gift from my cousin, but and I'm trying to get used to it. But until you know, until the time I'm able to effectively use an arcade stick, I definitely stick to what I know. Wow. Okay. So you were born in like the late nineties, right? Ninety six, ninety seven. Ninety eight. I'm a Gen Z. <laughs> oh yeah, because when we grew up. As millennials, we grew up playing with fighting game sticks, like in the arcade, old school arcades, playing King of Fighters and stuff. So maybe it's like a generational thing. You think it's a generational thing, like the, the newer, the older guys 
prefer arcade sticks and the newer generation prefer controllers or is it just an individual preference? It's more, I think it's more of individual preference because uh, I recall during uh, one of Anakin's streams, he actually grew up in the, you know, the arcade era. He, can, he actually use it. He can use an arcade stick, but he actually prefers using a uh, controller. Wow. And one of my, you know, one of my friends from South Africa, he, I think, to, born into a world, he uses an arcade stick. So I guess it's just individual preference at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I guess so. So then, can you please briefly explain how you started playing Tekken and where you got into it, and who, who got you into it, and when you got into it? For Tekken, I got into it because of my brother. He. Um, you know, his best friends actually owned a demo disc of Tekken 4 that had, you know, these old school characters, uh, Ling Shoyu, Christy Montero, and False Phoenix. I obviously went for the girls because uh, I didn't really grow up with really too many strong women who could kick butt. So I kind of thought it was cool that, you know, there was a school girl who could kick us and, uh, you know, a caparista. So I went with them, and those were my mainstay characters. Um, then uh, when I joined uni, um, Tekken 7 was coming out, uh, but at the time I didn't have a PS4, so I just started, you know, I just started getting more acquainted with the system uh, and how the mechanics with Tekken 6. Then once I got my console and a copy of the game, I started putting more time into Tekken 7. Oh, okay. So you, when exactly did you start playing video games in general? Uh, my earliest memories of me gaming was these old, you know, these dark shooting ga cartridge games. Then <laughs> I, then you know, now I, cause uh, I, I grew up, you know, watching my brother and my cousin, my elder brother, and my cousin. Um, you know, those are the times where it was all about Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, um, Tomb Raider, and Tekken. Okay guys, um, this, this, this interview is getting very interesting, like she's a very interesting lady guys. Let me know in the comment section what you think about Queen Arrow and you know, in the meantime we're gonna cross over to a quick commercial break because you know we need to keep the lights on and you know yeah. So guys please um, just a quick commercial, co commercial break and we'll be back in a jiffy. Introducing Scribble. Scribble is the world's first point-and-click ebook creator that allows you to create beautiful professional ebooks and reports in minutes, not hours, days, or weeks. You'll never have to pull your hair out again. Just choose a template, fill it with content, and you're done. Just imagine, in minutes, being able to create highly engaging professional ebooks to sell or free reports to build your list without hours of writing, coding, or designing, without spending thousands of dollars on freelancers, and without juggling tons of complicated software programs. Stunning ebooks that make jaws drop. There's nothing to install, and you don't need any technical skills. The process is so simple that even a child could do it. So don't wait. Click the button below to get instant access to Scribble right now and create your next professional ebook, report, or white paper in minutes for more leads, sales, and profits. Okay guys, uh, we're back after the commercial break. Uh, today our first interview, our first podcast, our first issue, first everything is with Queen Arrow, Tekken 7 champion from Kenya. And uh, she was just telling us how she got into Tekken. Um, you said you started playing Tekken at Tekken 5, right? Uh, actually, let's just 
say Tekken 4 demo disc. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, and then? Uh, then I moved on to Tekken 5, Tekken 6, then Tekken 7. <laughs> so you started off on PS3? Uh, actually, I'd say it's the PS2 we started with. Hey, you didn't play Tekken Tag? No, um, I'm re- let, let's just say I'm, uh, I'm really young, <laughs> 23. Yeah, I oh. never got a chance. So, um, what are the challenges faced by esports players like you and gamers in general in Kenya? Um, I think um, I'd say the, one of the biggest issues is that I'd say, I'd say we don't really have the support we need to grow be, you know, beyond, I'd say, our borders. You know, esports is a relatively new phenomenon and it's a very niche area. So, you know, especially in the context of our laws, gaming is still deemed gambling. Oh because, you know, it's the legal. It's And it, I know it's not just a Kenyan issue. It's actually an African issue. It's a worldwide um, issue, girl. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Let's even be a generous. It's actually a worldwide issue because even with the thesis I did, I realized the legal language, gaming, mm-hmm. uh, is still used, you know, in the context of gambling law. So when you're trying to tell an old person oh. about gaming, you see, there's those, there's those really weird looks you're gonna get. And even if you want to do, let's say, a tournament, you might have to pay some really steep fees. They do that uh, to you over there. What? Yeah, as in, you know, because you know, you might need the license from the county government to start saying that you don't do gambling, and you have to, ex- you know, you have to explain it is a really difficult process that they're not doing games of chance. Then the other issue is, you know, this technology isn't, I'd say, readily within the reach of ordinary Kenyans, and this is where I love gaming cafes because they've come, down, you know, to make their tech, you know, their consoles and our stuff more accessible to the public. But there's a really punitive tax regime that's usually in place that makes our uh, tech really expensive. So, you know, me buying a PS4 is a, it's a heck of an investment, especially, you know, you have other needs like food, you know, rent, you have school fees. Mm. So you really have to, you know, set aside the money to get yourself a, a proper gaming room. Wow. Geez, you're, you're smart. Eh? Like, I was just... So, so many things are going through my mind because you are a lawyer, you are studying law, right? So yeah, I'm a law student. Yeah, you were mentioning stuff like punitive tax and whatnot. I mean, that sounds like legal, legal jargon. So, do you think you, you could use your your knowledge from law to like change the law in Kenya to stop classifying esports tournaments as gambling, or is that something that's yeah. always going to be there? It's something actually that's in the works because I actually want to pursue my master's in sports law because I feel like I have, I'd say, the legal knowledge that can be used to make the, you know, gaming industry a larger, better place, especially for, you know, us here in the African region. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, after, I, after I get my, you know, my practicing license from the Kenya School of Law, the plan is I go to, you know, I get, get my master's, then once I have all that in check, I know I can make a, you know, I can make a difference, especially since I'm already an esports athlete, so I'm, I'd say I'm more informed of the challenges that we face. Oh yeah, man, that's that's all. Because I'm 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 thinking um with gaming apps. A lot of gaming apps have like casino and poker and these gambling apps. I'm also wondering why are they putting gambling apps under gaming? 
and because that's misleading. And but now I, I actually see because, like you said, like gaming was considered gambling. Like gaming meant gambling back in the days, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, and you know, like uh, let me give you the context. Like uh, you know, the law that currently regulates gambling here in Kenya is the Betting and Lotteries Act of nineteen sixty. Yeah, 1963. I think 63 or 66. I can't recall the date clearly. But now that's you know that the language they use is that you know gaming is that was the term that was used for gambling back in you know back in the the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s. And even when I was doing my research on my thesis, it's the same thing even in laws in the U in the United States, in Belgium, in Australia. Oh. So you see now there's that negative. Uh, you know there's that negative that you know the older generation might have because that's the language that was used to describe you know gambling activities okay but uh, let's be honest in nba 2k 2k19 2k20 there was this controversial system where you straight up gamble i don't know if you heard about that now with the triple a industry like you know games like fifa games like nba 2k madden just to mention a few the, you see the microtransaction system they have are called random chance purchases so unfortunately, these are games that are marketed at minors, and yet the language that the ESRB has states that if a game has, you know, even if it's simulated gambling, you're using real money, it has to be given an adults-only rating, 21, you know, 21 and above. So the fact that they do this kind of stuff, it's really it pisses me off, and it kind of you know raises eyebrows. Like, what are you guys playing at? It's actually, if you ask me, it's the ESRB's uh, fault because they have this body that represents their interest, the ESA. Then mm. is it the Entertainment Software Association? They keep lobbying to continue these kinds of practices to the ESRB. And the ESRB, because they're in the, po- the pockets of the game industry, oops. <laughs> I don't like these kinds of practices because I've always been, an, you know, I'm in the games industry and I want it better for everyone else. But we need to also start talking about ethical, you know, ethics in gaming. And, you know, we need, we just need ethics and regulation. And I'd rather we do it ourselves rather than the government coming in to do it for us. Uh, yeah, well, you, you just opened up a whole other kind of world today. Like, um... I have no plans to settle down, unfortunately. Um, but I think I want to do a mix of both law and esports. Oh, like you said, yeah, you want to be a sports lawyer or something like that. Yeah, um, as I said, I know I have what it takes to, you know, become a, you know, a full-time sports athlete. But I, you know, until that time comes, let my law degree serve as a backup plan. Then, once everything else is in motion, where I can actually make a full-time living from esports, well and good. But. You know, I'm not gonna be playing Tekken forever because you know they'll reach an age where I'm no, no offense, but I'm no longer marketable, and there'll be you know newer and fresher talent. So at least I'd like to pay it forward by using you know the experience that I've had and as well as my law degree to 
at least teleport where I can with the esports industry. Any words of advice or inspiration to esports players who want to get to the top before we wrap up this interview? What I advise, uh, you know, the newer generation and the aspiring esports players is, you know, just be kind to yourself. Um, you know, this is a learning process and there are going to be those really difficult days to, you know, mitigate that, you know, that those negative feelings, try to surround yourself with people who want the best for you, you know, people who love you, who, people who want to see you succeed. Because those are the guys who are going to, you know, make it, you know, help you make it through those really difficult days. And, you know, don't, you know, always be hungry to, you know, continue learning and, you know, the learning never stops. So keep an open mind. Don't, don't feel like you've reached the, you know, pinnacle of your abilities. There's so much to learn and there's so much to, you know, experience. So be open to that experience as well. And that concludes episode one of Tony Gaming Podcast meets Queen Arrow. Thank you so much for listening until the end. If you have any suggestions or comments for Tony Gaming or Queen Arrow respectively, don't be shy. Just drop them in the comment section or tweet us your questions on Twitter. Up until episode two of Tony Gaming Podcast, you know my dangers. It's never game over. Peace.